there is no guarantee that Facebook will keep running your ads if using Facebook as an example. So does Facebook advertising work? Yes, it does. But there's lots of other advertising that works. So I'd say number one, build your base and your base is your list. So whatever tool you want to use, whatever CRM you want to use, whatever email platform you want to use, build your base so you have a list of people that are interested in your products and services and or have purchased from you in the past. That's yours forever. Uh, if a platform shuts down, goes out of business, doesn't like your content, you can take your asset and you can move it someplace else. You can't do that when you're renting space on somebody else's social platform. So build your base, build your email list, You can either have a breakthrough in your business or you can just settle for doing the same thing. Nobody really wants that, right? I mean, I will say that after the crazy year that has been going on, some people are like, wait a minute, I want to go back to the same. I, I would settle for the same. But really, when you think about it, is that what you want? You want to grow. You're in business because you want to grow. You want to do great things. But one of the biggest challenges that businesses have is solving their sales, their marketing, and their lead generation problems. So today I'm bringing on Doug Morno because he knows how to generate sales and he knows how to generate leads. And today we're going to talk about all of the different ways that you can do this and how not to get stuck in just one way. We're talking about all of that today. Get ready. You're going to love it. Doug, I want to say welcome back because we had a really great time doing the Instagram live together. And now I get to pull some more genius from you on this podcast. So thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, thanks for inviting me back after having me on once. Um, it, uh, I had a lot of fun. Well, what you have to offer is really important right now. It's always important, but it's, it's really good stuff. It's the stuff that I love to talk about because I'm always wanting to know like what are different alternatives in terms of marketing and advertising. So that's, that's one of my favorite topics. And I know it's what people want to know today, especially before can we get into all of that? Can you share with us a little bit of your background and how you got into the work that you do today? Sure. Yeah. I guess I always wanted to be in some form of, um, you know, business for myself to, to help other people and marketing side, uh, I was just drawn to. So, you know, through, uh, college, uh, night school classes and studying under smarter people, just basically, you know, I just went off on my own, started my company, hung up my shingle, started attending all the major events, uh, networking with people to figure out who was who in the zoo. And um, I, part of it uh, is, I guess, my natural ability. I've just got an interest in marketing and promotion and sales, and I've never really shied away from that. I think we owe it to people to sell them what we have if we can help them. And so from there, I just started to build a business and a brand. I love that. We do owe it to people. There's so many times that people feel guilty for, for selling. <laughs> they think it's inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Or they say, I want to help people. I said, well, here's, here's my idea of helping people <clears throat> build your business to 10 figures, give away a million dollars a year. You'll help a lot of people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. But, but now the question is, well, how do I do that? How do <laughs> I build my business? And part of what we're talking about today is, is going to help people do that. So how, how is it that you do help people to get to that, that $10 million mark? 
Well, first thing is look at where you're at. So where are you? And, and I mean, and not in a negative way, but you know, you need to have a, a mile marker or a placeholder. So figure out where you're at, figure out where it is that you want to go. And then, you know, with an estimated time frame, I would like to grow from six figures to seven figures in the next pick of time, 12 months to 18 months. Okay. So then look at the assets that you've got existing. So who do you have on your team? Might be just you. You might have a team. What do you have for resources? Do you have money? Do you have barter? Do you have joint ventures? Like what are all the things that you can bring to the table that will help you get from where you're at to where you need to go and then identify what's missing. And then that's, so that's the space that I typically feel is the what's missing space. And yeah. um, we'll come in and help people fill in the, in the pieces that are missing and often manage what they've already got. So it's not difficult. I don't want to oversimplify it. It's not that it's not hard work, but really it's just, um, you know, a one or two page document to try to figure out, you know, where are you, where do you want to go? What do you need to get there? And then put together a plan to take one step at a time, moving towards your goal. Yeah, you know, it's it's like creating the, the roadmap to get there. But for a lot of people, especially within their own business, not being able to see as clearly as you can for someone else, some of those things become, it, it's overwhelming. And so they can't see that clear path. Yep, absolutely. And, <laughs> and but you know, the other thing is, I would say, find find people, surround yourself with people who are where you want to be. Don't hang around with people who would like to be like you. You need to find people that are smarter than you. And sometimes that's a mentor role. Sometimes that's a paid coaching role. Sometimes that's hiring them. Um, it might be buying their book, listening to their audio book, might be tuning into podcasts like your podcast and, you know, reading blog posts. So there's lots of things you can do to help yourself get there. But the key is find people who've done what you want to do. There's no yes. sense me asking my neighbor, hey, how do you think I should change my Facebook ads? He owns a landscaping company. Now it's a successful landscaping company, but he doesn't know anything about Facebook. So don't ask him. My father-in-law doesn't know anything about online marketing. Why would I ask him? I need to find people who are smart. So if I was to want to create an explainer video or a video, guess who had a phone? Let's say phone summer. <laughs> she's, she's done you this. She, she's done a bunch of them. She knows what's work. She knows what doesn't work. So I could go look for, Hey, I can go find it on Fiverr. Well, guess what? The guy on Fiverr doesn't have the talent, the depth, the team, and the case studies to, to show me enough evidence that he can get me from where I want to go, where I am to where I want to go. Right. Right. You know, it's so true. And it's probably the best advice that I will give to somebody else, especially if they're just starting something, what, you know, what can I do? How do I find a mentor? How do I find a coach? You know, they, they're immediately, that's what they want to do. And it's like, find the person first, find the person that has done what you want to do. And then you can literally, I mean, there, there are so many people that are very transparent about how they run their business and they're, they're, a lot of them are just coaching it through their social media, or like you said, listening to podcasts or reading their books. And if you just pay attention to all of that and don't overwhelm yourself with too many, it's, it's amazing what you actually, it's really amazing what you can avoid in terms of mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, that's the thing. I mean, I think often when we're starting our business and we're winding to scale to six figures or from six to seven or seven to eight or whatever our goals are, you know, we, we look at other people and think, wow, look what they've done. And what we've missed is all the mistakes that they've made along the way and the lessons that they had to learn because, you know, stuff comes up, unexpected stuff comes up, pandemics come up. There's all these things that pop into your life that you didn't expect. And we don't really know people's, you know, full story of how they got to where they are. 
And right. they're often willing to share it with you if you take the time to ask. Well, let's talk about those companies that are in the position right now that want to scale, because I think that pandemic or not, there's always the opportunity to do that. And what are things that people can be doing today that might be different than their typical way of advertising and, and paid media? Well, I mean, I, I, I default to paid media because it works faster. Um, so, I mean, there's, uh, you know, if we just want to get something else that's maybe not as obvious as paid is look at what's happening in the influencer space. So, you know, there's all these celebrities that we see and we think, oh, we have to have, you know, we have to have this person, we have to have Kim Kardashian, or we have to have The Rock send out our, our, a tweet or send out a post on Instagram. And that's not true. So as a small business, you can find people that have niche markets that are your ideal target audience that don't have large followings. So I'd call them micro influencers, but have really good engagement. So they have people who love them and follow them. You can reach out to those types of people one-on-one. It takes work, yes, but what you'll find is a, a really engaged audience and you'll find that often they will share your content in exchange for uh, your product or your service or a small amount of money because they're, they didn't set themselves up to be a social media influencer to, to earn millions of dollars. Now they might at some point, but they care more about their audience than they do about the money. So if you can align yourself with some people that have influence, that um, care about their followers, and they're in alignment with your brand, product, or strategy, then you've built yourself an ally and someone that can help you, you know, scale your business and get you in front of uh, more people. Yeah. That's really great. I mean, if you think about, at least for me, I think of some of the people that I now follow or who I'm inspired by is because of somebody else that I was following who then talked <laughs> about that person. You know, it's just kind of how it, how it happens. You go, okay, well, I trust them. So now I'm going to tr- trust that this person is going to give me some value. Yep, absolutely. I love that. So I know that there's a lot of people, well, let's, let's use, we can use Facebook as an example. Um, when, when paid media first came out for a lot of businesses, it was, it worked really, really well. It still works really, really well. Yeah. But what happened was a lot of people then relied on that as their single source of advertising or their single source of, of marketing. And then when things started to shift and they didn't know how to shift themselves in order to keep doing well, they kind of got, they kind of got screwed. It's kind of like, Oh shoot, what do I do? So, and I know this is something that you talk about is, you know, relying on one single source of advertising and how that can be dangerous. So I wanted to get your, your expertise on that, especially for those that are people who maybe have relied on that one source for so long and are now finding things have shifted because things have, and they're not able to get in front of, you know, the same people that they used to be able to. Like I said, start with a, with, you know, let's look at it a different way. You wake up in the morning and every day you've gone to bed happily knowing that the cash register has been ringing as you're sleeping because your Facebook ads are producing leads and converting those to sales. And you wake up one morning and you see that your ads have been banned by Facebook and your cash flows stopped. So that would be the wrong time to have a plan B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the right time, the right time would have been uh, months earlier. Right, so, right. 
you know, and I don't say that to be to, to pick on people, but that's just the reality is that we, there is no guarantee that Facebook will keep running your ads if, using Facebook as an example. So does Facebook advertising work? Yes, it does. But there's lots of other advertising that work. So I say, number one, build your base and your base is your list. So whatever tool you want to use, whatever CRM you want to use, whatever email platform you want to use, build your base. So you have a list of people that are interested in your products and services and or have purchased from you in the past. That's yours forever. Uh, if a platform shuts down, goes out of business, doesn't like your content, you can take your asset and you can move it someplace else. You can't do that when you're renting space on somebody else's social platform. So build your base, build your email list, then look at, okay, so how can I drive traffic to my offers, to my lead pages, to my phone room? And there's a whole variety. So you've got Facebook and paid social on all the channels. You've got things like uh, Google, so your paid paid search. So there's lots of advertising that you can use to drive that sort of traffic. You've got uh, not not remnant ads. I'm trying to think of the name. These the sponsored ads. So you can do paid content in yeah. magazines. So there's a bunch of ways. So I would say you know build your base first. Make sure you've covered your assets by having a list, and then you know step out into one or two medias, run those medias, test those, test the media, test the ads, and look at what's your cost of conversion to get somebody into your funnel. What's your cost of acquisition before they actually buy? And then make a decision if that's a good channel for you. Is your audience there? And if your audience is there, then the question is, how can you refine what you're doing, scale it up to, to bring in more leads profitably? And if it's not, then look for, you know, what other options are out there? Um, native ads is what I was trying to think of, um, where I can run advertising and reach my audience. Yeah. And this is something too, that is never set and forget it. You're always having to keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, not everyone, but there are a lot of people that are just like, it just doesn't work anymore. And that's, you know, I'm done, <laughs> yep. but it's something you have to look at all the time because there are you know, even on the platforms, there's, there's algorithms that are changing. The market is changing, whatever's happening in the world, you know, people are receiving messages differently. So it's something you always have to be looking at and, and testing. Absolutely. It's, it's like, you know, if you think back to when the days where you might run an ad, the last thing you'd want to run, you know, the last thing you'd want to do is run, you know, have run a full page ad in the wall street journal. If there was a major meltdown at, in wall street that day, because nobody would look at your ad. So then you can right. go away from that and say, oh, print advertising doesn't work. Well, it didn't work because by the bad luck of the draw, you ended up uh, <laughs> on a bad yeah. news day. Um, <laughs> totally. So your point, yeah, you're always, you're always testing and you have to give it some time. And I think here's where people, this is where people probably fall down the most. You know, January comes along. So we've just passed January and everybody wants to lose weight and get healthier because it's the new year. And what they really want is they want a pill that will fix it instantly. And being healthy is a lifelong commitment, not a 30-day program. Well, advertising is not a one-day program either. There is no magic pill where you can push the button once and all the money you'll ever need will show up. So you need to make a six-month commitment to find out, does it really work? Because yeah. you need to get enough data that you can validate your hypothesis to whether or not your ads, your messaging, your videos, um, the frequency, your target audience, your offers, are those, you know, 
Does the platform truly not work for you or are you just using the wrong tactics within the platform? If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you fall into one of these categories. You're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, an online marketer, or maybe an agency owner. I'm also guessing that you want new leads who are excited to buy from you. Am I right? Would you be excited to generate five new leads a day? 10, a hundred, maybe even hundreds? Do you even know where to begin to do that? Well, I can tell you this, it doesn't begin with wishing and waiting, but it does begin with a successful lead funnel. If you want to have an endless stream of hot leads coming into your pipeline, you'll want to check out the five day lead challenge where you'll learn step-by-step the high level strategy to generate leads on demand for your specific business. You'll learn how to build your lead magnet that attracts these leads to you in the coolest way I've seen yet. You'll also learn how to take these people and then turn them into your dream leads You'll also learn how to follow up with them and how to launch this funnel without having to spend any money. Sounds pretty cool, right? Can I make it even cooler? Okay, here it goes. It's all free, all free. Yes, you can learn all of this for free. So if you're ready to get access to this free five-day challenge, head over to thedrawshop.com forward slash five day thedrawshop.com forward slash the number five and day. See you there. And that's, that's the huge thing. And there, there are really key pieces that go into it. You just, I mean, you just mentioned them, like who, who is your target audience and does your message actually speak to them? And I think that people, as well as they know their business, they actually aren't really, they don't know that their customer, like they, like they think they do. They think they do. And then when you actually interview your customers and actually hear why it is that they came to you, what problem they were really having and why they were struggling and why they referred somebody to you, like all of those are such great insight to, to what they're really struggling with. And that's what your messaging really has to have in, in order to grab their attention. Cause right now, like, it's just not going to, it's not going to grab their attention to say, Hey, I have something cool. I think you're going to like it. Bye now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we live in this microwave mentality where everybody wants the problem solved in 30 seconds. Yeah. But, you know, the, the people that I see that I've worked with that are being most successful are taking a longer term view. And so, you know, even if we just look back at, um, you know, your podcasting, I have a podcast. Well, podcasting is not a short game. You don't set up a podcast and then six months later have so many leads coming in that you just, you know, need to hire a whole sales team. It's a long game of building relationships with people who know, like, and trust you, like your voice and your audience and say, Hey, this person's really smart. I'd like to do business with them unless you're going the advertising route. And so, you know, why would we think our advertising in any, any form, whether it's flyers, direct mail, whether it's digital would be any different that we can go from, Hey, you don't know me. I don't know you, but I want you to buy my thing. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the cool thing too, is that you can, you can get them in with just a little piece of their problem solved, like not the whole thing. That's just enough to get them excited. Like, oh, wow, you were able to do that for me. What else can you do for me? Sure. And sometimes people, you know, that's something that gets, that gets missed in advertising and then it becomes too overwhelming. It's like, I can solve your problem and here's what it's going to take. And then there's like all of these dollars, a whole, you know, a six month program of this, of that, there's all these things that just are like, oh, whoa, can you just give me, you know, the quick checklist right now of, 
you know, how I can feel healthier by the end of the week, you know, something that's not so overwhelming. Yeah. Like what can I do today? That's a win. Yes, exactly. Just, just, just one, one thing. I don't need to do 10 things. I just need one thing. And that's that seriously for, for us humans, it's just the feeling. It's that feeling that we're, we're chasing that feeling of like, okay, whether you've solved the problem or not, you at least have the feeling of this person can help me. And I feel like I'm already on the journey. Now I have momentum. Now I'm inspired. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you've got um, some satisfaction and, you know, our body's pretty, pretty smart. And so our brain likes the endorphins of checking something on a list, regardless of how small it is. It doesn't go, oh, well, you know, um, your health coach said you should drink a glass of lemon water in the morning. You did. It doesn't say, oh, that's not a good goal. You, you should have run five miles. You check the list off and it's like your brain goes, oh, this feels good. Yes. It doesn't need to it's be big. so true. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, because I know you're, you're an expert in, in sales as well and actually closing deals, <laughs> you know, getting people over that, like, you know, over the, over the objections and over the skepticism, what are some, you know, tips that you have for, for people listening that are like, you know, I don't really have a problem getting in leads. My problem tends to be closing the deal. They're interested. And then somehow we just can't completely close them. Well, I mean, um, the hardest sale you ever make is the one you need. Yeah. So, um, you know, just if you're, this, this is a sale that you need to have, just know it's going to be tough. I don't know any way around it. You're just going to need to suck it up and keep and keep pushing <laughs> forward. Right. But it's speaking, trying to be, become part of the conversation that's already in your customer's mind. And so everybody's got a different style. I'm not interested in manipulating people. I'm not interested in um, but it's my per own personality. I'm not interested in scarcity. Oh, if you don't hire me now, I'm going to be too busy to me. I, I call, I call BS when I see all that stuff. That's me. I'm assuming there's other people feel the same way, but it works for some. So yeah. I try to be pretty straightforward with people and tell them what I think is best for them. And I know when I tell people what's best for them, I lose lots of business because that's not what my competitors may say. Mm. Um, and, but again, I'm fine with that because that's what gets me a better client and it gets me a referral. You know, if you think about selling somebody something that they don't need, so you oversell them your service if they don't need it, they're never going to be a referral for you. So the amount of effort that it takes to generate a lead and close a sale, now to me, it's not worth it. I also take um, the client approach. So I don't have a portfolio for my advertising company and I've never had a portfolio and I've taught at colleges and universities and helped the students coming through talk about sales. Said so people don't care about your portfolio. Yeah. They might care about testimonials so they can feel comfortable that somebody else had the same problem, but they don't care how many logos you've designed or how many awards you've won. They have a problem and that's why they're sitting in front of you. And that problem is personal and emotional to them. And showing me a portfolio bores me. So my, my sales tools, typically when I could meet people face to face was a nice pen and a notebook and a preset of questions that I was going to ask them to try to determine where they are, what their need was. Do I like them? Do I believe them? Do I like their product and services? Can I help them? And if I, I mentally checked those boxes, then my second goal was I'm going to close them um, as a client regardless of what they say. So they can say no, but that means I'm going to ask them. I was, I was selling to one person who was actually a sales coach. It's kind of funny. So oh, wow. <laughs> I bought his course and he said, no. 
And I said, well, you know, Bill, I took your course and you said that the average person says no seven times. So I'm going to ask you six more times. <laughs> and so we went through this process and it was funny because I had taken his course and I said, and he said, well, it's too expensive or I need to think about it. So my response when people need to think about it is that I'd cross my arms and say, okay, I'll wait. And I would sit there in their office and we would both sweat until somebody spoke. And if they spoke first, they signed the contract. So I would just say, be persistent, believe in what you're, what you're doing. You're, you're going there to help somebody. So, you know, don't let your own insecurities rob them of an opportunity to have a better life by using your products or services. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. And I think what, what, what you really, what you said that really nails it is believe in what you're selling and know that it's good for you're, you're sharing something and you're going to bring them value that really is going to change their life in some form, whether it's, you know, making them healthier, moving the needle in their business, whatever that is. And as long as you believe in that, I think what some salespeople have is they have this guilt, like, oh yeah, I guess it is too expensive. So I probably, okay, okay. Then, then, we'll, then we'll walk away. And that just says, oh gosh, then you don't even believe in what you're, what you're selling me. Yeah. And my, my trick, and I mean, tricks, maybe not a, a great word, but is that I sell up market. And so the question needs to be, you know, if you've got a business and you've got a product or service, who do you want to serve? So a long time ago, I drew these three circles and it was, you know, what do I like to do? Um, who do I want to work with? And what will people pay me profitably to do? And I decided, well, why not, why not work with clients who spend more money? It's really just a decision, the market that you want to serve. Right. And the, the, the process of generating a lead and having the sales conversation is the same. The difference is, do you want to take a contract that's worth $100, $1,000, $10,000, or $100,000? Right. And what I quickly noticed was the line was shorter for the $100,000 websites than it was for the $5,000 websites. There were less competitors in the room. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many, um, there's a lot of, and I don't mean this in a, in a manipulative way, but there's a lot of psychology when it comes to selling and marketing and advertising and just really understanding how, you know, understanding human behavior, but at the end of the day, using that, but of course, using that to your advantage, but not in a taker type of way, or I'm trying to, you know, pull another one over you. It's really got to come from that genuine, I can help you. And, yep. you know, I'm, and, and I'm building, I'm building here so that I can keep, I continue to help more people. Well, and I guess the other thing that I found has worked for myself is that I don't think of my a, a prospective client meeting as a sales meeting. So if, if somebody's phoned me to ask me to help them with a problem they have, my assumption is they phoned me because they want my help. So I'm not going to spend all my time trying to convince them to hire me. Right. I'm going to talk about how I can help them with their problem, assuming that at the end of our meeting, they're going to, they're going to hire me. So there's no reason to have this, some big sales pitch and all this slick stuff. It's like, let me think you phoned me, you have a problem. I can help you with the problem. So it just totally logically makes sense that we're going to do this. Yeah. What are the different, um, what are the different ways that you are working with your clients, the way that you serve them? Some clients, I'm, I'm strictly buying media. So they say, hey, I've got a landing page. I've got a website. I got a business. I need more leads. And what I'm doing is not working. So I will show them ways to scale up 
maybe look at different forms of advertising and marketing to generate a higher volume of better quality leads. Yeah. Um, in other cases, they're saying, hey, I need to do lead generation. I just had a call with a guy that's in the investment real estate business just before we hopped on the podcast. He said, I need leads. So he has nothing. He says, I have a name. I need to get a logo. I need to build a website. So we will walk through that entire process and help them develop everything they need to do to launch that business. And sometimes it's just pure advice. Okay, here's what I'm doing. Take a look at it, poke holes in it. Tell me what I should fix. So yeah. I worked with one company. They had three ad agencies working for them, which was kind of ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Um, they said, please come in, look at what everybody's doing. Don't tell them why you're there and then tell us what we should do. And so, what happened? What happened with the three agencies? <laughs> That's a lot. Two left. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely something that you need. I think you need other eyes on, even if you are, even if you're somebody who does that for other people. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's it can be very, it's it's hard when you're doing it yourself. It really is. Yeah. And I found that's, you know, not necessarily for myself. I mean, everybody, you need to look at what your strengths are and your own personality style. You know, the way that I operate and the way that I work would just totally repulse some people because that's not their personality style. I don't mind, you know, working at the pace that I work at. That's how I like to work. Um, so you need to f- kind of figure out what your your own personality style is. And, you know, like, how do you want to feel when you work through the day talking to your clients? Yeah. You know, so pick, pick the people. I tell people I want to work with people I have fun with. Like if I wouldn't invite you to my home to meet my wife and kids and now my grandkids, you're not going to be a good client for me. Exactly. Exactly. And it's all about, you know, and what you don't want, and this is really important too, is you don't want to have those mismatches because that causes you so much more stress. So you should be, you know, very particular about who you're going to work with because you want that to be a successful relationship. Yep. And now don't, you know, I don't want your audience to think that I've got it all right. Cause I definitely worked with people that I shouldn't have worked with. And you know, the, I, I had one group in the U S send a couple mob guys up to my office because I was taking too much business from this one agency in the States. Oh my so gosh. The police, the FBI, I had security at my home, a safe room with guns and, and, and we had someone parked in our driveway seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I couldn't spend time with my family. We had to go rent different vehicles. It was crazy. So Doug, clearly, that's crazy. Clearly I was oh working with a few people that were the wrong kind of people to work with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. I didn't know that. It, I didn't know that existed, but it, it did. And so, you know, um, my kids at the time were younger, so they thought it was fun. They thought we were like, like a movie star. Cause we had like, some guys are celebrities. <laughs> yeah, they had a guy parked in front of the house that if we didn't identify a visitor, they would put him over the car and frisk them. So they thought this is cool. So yeah, the, now they're older, they know the story. Yeah. Wow. But you need to be careful. I didn't get it right every time either. No, we, no. And that's how you, you learn. And, and the more of those experiences you have, the more that you know of you know, certain flags to, to look out for. Yeah, and they can make a great book one day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so much fun. So Doug, how, how can we let uh, those listening now to get more information about you? Best place is really just to go to my website, dougmorneau.com. If you want to uh, connect with me there, just dougmorno.com forward slash email. I've got a sign up there for my email list. I've got a um, 
a link there to a customer avatar worksheet that you can work through to drill down and figure out who your perfect customer is. And here's what I'll tell you is that people generally are good and they're rooting for you to be successful. So the people that signed up for my list, I connect with, I share their social media posts, and I often put a link into my calendar just to extend an olive branch and just to have a conversation. I know that not everybody's my client and that's fine, but lots of people helped me get to where I was. I had lots of coffee meetings with people that were 10 times more successful than me and they, they taught me lots. So if I can help someone, um, I'm happy to take a call, spend half hour on the phone, answer your questions by email. I'm obviously not going to set up a full marketing plan for you, but I am reachable and happy to help. Wow. That's amazing. And so, so generous. So I'm going to spell that out. It's also going to be linked in our show notes, but dougmorneau.com, D-O-U-G-M-O-R-N-E-A-U.com. There you go. Awesome. And then of course, forward slash email. And then I, I highly recommend, I know about the uh, customer avatar sheet. That's super awesome. Uh, I'm all about that because I do think that is like probably one of the very critical first steps in your marketing is to know exactly who that is. So awesome tool right there. Doug, thank you so much. This is, this is so much fun. I love, I love talking marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do I. We have something in common. You know, it's I think, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people need to take a day a week and set it aside for marketing. Um, that's that's yep. my kind of what I wish everybody would do. But, you know, we're all in different places. But yeah, I love marketing too. And I love your show. And I just appreciate you being generous with your time and sharing what you do and inviting guests on your podcast so we can all learn. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, this has been so much fun. And thank you all for listening. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcasts where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.